0: hey everybody i'm brooke and i sobered up august 2nd
1: 2016. hi friends i'm suzanne and i sobered up december 19th 1991. together we got a lot of recovery and we host seek purpose the podcast seek purpose is a community that supports recovery healing and spiritual growth we believe that sharing our stories can greatly impact our communities and collective action can impact the world so stop scrolling and start listening will you Thank you for joining us here at Seek Purpose, the podcast. I'm Brooke. Hi, friends. I'm Suzanne. And today we're here with Tara from From the Hearth. We're so excited to have you. Tara, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? Hello, sweet souls. I am so very grateful to be in
2: such an incredible space. Um, My name is Tara. I am... A person on a journey um, which includes recovery which includes purpose in that recovery and just being in this space is so beautiful so thank you so much for having me we are
0: excited to have you and uh, for those of you who don't know Heather has a uh, re- oh my gosh she's so gifted and so talented and I was saying to her how many times we wanted to have her come on And we just know the time is right, right now. It's like a fall. We all really need to get connected. And she has just this amazing soothing voice and what she's doing in the recovery community and just for people in general on just uh, tapping into inner uh, soul and spirit. And uh, yeah, she's certainly finding her purpose in her recovery journey. So that's why we want you to come on and share about it.
1: Yeah, you're actually on our Just for 24 panel as well. That was kind of Your first introduction to the seek purpose uh, audience and what was that experience like for you i know you just started your own podcast at the time and we're beginning this journey and
2: it was so good it was so much fun to be amongst such incredible people um proximity in my journey um whether it be the journey of recovery um or how that extends now going like really far into healing it's this proximity to people who pull me forward and up mm. that has just been such a game changer for me. And so being on that panel, making those connections with these incredible beings was so much fun and to engage with the people who walk with seek purpose and um, and the, just the incredible work that that just for 24 was. and like just that was just incredible. so, Hats off to you both for creating that. It's it's like a movement,
1: it's awesome. Yeah, we're so excited for this one coming up and it's so cool how it was kind of really guided by everything that happened, the world shutting down and all of the, everything going online and changing. Like the fact that we were able to put that together so quickly and that you came and shared, we're just so honored to have you and so glad to have you back so you can share more. Cause that was just a quick like, little five-minute slot you had there on just for 24 so now we really want to get into your story and hear about your journey to recovery and what like was like before you got um clean and sober and and what it's like now for you
2: Mm, yeah thank you again for the space to share I really appreciate the opportunity um so growing up my life was like I I'm a very very privileged person I had a relatively uneventful upbringing. We all have our stuff, um, but I, I was very, I was very well taken care of, and so growing up was uneventful. Um, for me, my journey to healing um, actually started in my early twenties when I I experienced some acute trauma, and essentially when that occurred there was complete turmoil in my body that I had never experienced before and I had no tools to manage. Um, We're not taught how to manage these things in school and oftentimes, um, unless our parents have gone through a similar thing and come out the other side, we're just left to learn as the experience comes to us. And that was definitely my that was my experience and so i had no idea what was going on inside i just knew that it was terribly painful and i didn't know how to manage it so i grasped externally to me for things to help me manage and alcohol worked really well for me it was close by to my home Um, it numbed me out and um essentially it allowed me to function um i was able to go to work i was able to um do all the bits and pieces that i i already had on my plate um and i felt like it it felt like it helped me it was my medicine Mm -hmm. it was my medicine um and it progressed very quickly Um, It turned into a dependency very quickly. And I lived in that state of dis-ease for many years. Um, It progressed and it got to a tipping point for me. Things were starting to unravel. Things were starting to fall apart in my life, in work, in relationships, in all the areas. Um, It was starting to fall apart. And I was given a choice um, by what I now understand as a power greater than myself, um, that I could choose to continue on the path I was going and fall hard, or I could take the fall that I've had and make a change. And so I did make a change. I stopped drinking. It took me a few times to To have that be um, a permanent thing, relapse is part of my story, for sure. And um, the thing about when I stopped drinking that time, I wouldn't, while while it is my sobriety date, per se, I was not sober. Um, For the first two years of my sobriety, I was not sober. Um, I was essentially white knuckling it. Uh, because I hadn't found any of the tools to deal with the turmoil. Um, I hadn't made any changes other than I stopped using one solution and I turned to another one, which for me was busyness. Mm. So I replaced alcohol with keeping busy. My schedule was jam packed, every minute was budgeted. Um, and it was just an intense rigidity. Um, and that's what carried me through. Um, and I, I, I'm grateful to have been part of a recovery program, um, but I didn't do the work that was involved with that to find some tools. Um, and so I was grateful that for that, I was grateful for the community, but I didn't find healing in the space. And so I had replaced busyness, or excuse me, drinking with busyness, and I continued to be distracted from my internal realm and that's actually when my company started it was a it was a seedling of my busyness (laughs) Um, that was one of the things i kept busy with at that time um but yeah in my in my lack of drinking my dryness perhaps i i stayed in that state for two more years and i was progressing towards breakdown again (laughs) i i'm so grateful to have had um someone watching over me and and letting me know like hey things things aren't going well and 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 i could actually sense the relapse approaching um which was such a gift and so again i was gifted with a choice either i could continue going the way i was going um or i could make a change and so again i chose to make a change and um i was given you know some people entered my life who told me about things i ended up investing very heavily in myself and and you know investing resources that i didn't have because of a faith that was within me which i'm just eternally grateful for um and it and and that was kind of my journey towards the path towards healing and and so i've been what I would call, you know, in true sobriety for over a year now. Um, And I just feel so much better. Um, So just so at ease in my being. And that doesn't like, I mean, I have crappy days. Don't get me wrong. It's just my ability to manage Mm -hmm. the fluctuations, the ebbs and flows of what I experience because of the tools that I now have is just, the greatest gift i'll i'll forever be a grateful alcoholic forever because it gifted me with this ability to experience this and it gifted me with a choice but it was a really it was a choice i had to make Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people don't go to those depths where there's no other real choice um and while it's a very painful place to be it's also such a gift because now i i can make choices in faith Mm -hmm. i was thinking about that yesterday like faith operating in faith is hard (laughs) especially for people who haven't hit a bottom where they had no choice but to have faith and believe Mm -hmm. like what a gift it is that i get to be in that space and Mm -hmm. so that's kind of that brought me up to maybe you know beginning of this year and I've continued on this journey, investing in more training, learning about more tools. Um, you know, I finished my yoga teacher training. I walked the medicine wheel. I created a mesa or medicine bundle. I've been engaging in social justice and some unlearning um, around white supremacy and just really focusing on liberation and all the different tools that we can use to access liberation um Mm. from suffering
1: that's so So. beautiful i love how you spoke it is a gift of desperation that's what they call it in the program right and uh yeah that's such an important thing like that we're actually going to value that in our lives that that desperate moment is so beautiful and it's like really proof that like there is something out there that's worth having faith in (laughs) the fact that we get to use those moments um Can you talk about those tools you're talking about that uh, help you live in sobriety, in true sobriety, as you called it? Yeah, um, they
2: they shift. There's nothing that remains constant. And that has been such an important lesson for me on the journey, is this sense of detachment from the need for my experience to look or feel a certain way and this is something that i had shared on um, on that panel the just for 24 panel when i was speaking about meditation is this practice of releasing expectations of any kind of outcome and so on my path um, it started with ritual cleansing mm-hmm. that's honestly where my connection started was with using the soaps and candles that I made to create ritual space and to like really be in relationship with my physical body. I was very, um, my experience had me out of body. Um, and so I was very in my head and I think that really showed in my busyness and just my like erratic heady nature. Um, So really getting back into my body was the first thing and it started working on me before I understood that it was a tool. I just started pouring soap because it was fun. (laughs) But then using the soap and touching my body and like really like having it be a mindfulness practice before I understood what that was, just being very present was the first tool and one that I still use today. Um, And then that has morphed and evolved i've worked with the breath um although it's interesting like i have triggers around using my breath and so just noticing like because oftentimes people say well like you should be doing this it works it works but everyone is different everyone has different paths up this mountain right we don't all have to look the same so the breath is still something I'm leaning into like there's wisdom and resistance. And so I'm just noticing that um, meditation has been a blossoming piece for me. Specifically right now, I'm sitting with uh, Japa, uh, which is mantra, um, repeated words and working with that vibration in the body, feeling the vibration and using it as a point of focus for meditation, because meditation can be really frustrating for (laughs) an erratic mind. And I find that mantra is so beautiful to keep me grounded in the present moment. Our voice is a tool specifically made for our bodies to heal. No one else's voice can do for our bodies what ours does. Hmm. And that's, it's just, and and it can be so uncomfortable. Like mantra as a practice has opened my my voice, my willingness to speak my truth, my ability to be seen and heard more than anything I've ever done. Is mantra, singing, um, chanting, any kind of use of my voice out loud, it's game changer for me. And it's quite triggering. It can be to hear our own voice, but that's been huge on my journey. How um, you bring up the voice inside, and I'm just
0: thinking uh, back when you know you were talking about your story, and you know the silence that we live in when we suffer through trauma in our childhood or in our upbringing, and so you know we we're not comfortable using that voice. So for someone who is in recovery and experiencing the sober life now and you know going into a situation all I'm sitting thinking of is oh my goodness what happens if I start doing this Uh, because it can be extremely frightening um, to be in a situation that you're having to use that voice that was never really able to be used in the past so are these types of um, meditations and whatnot this inner healing is that accompanied with other types of supports or if people come and do that and something like that happens um how does a you know woman work through those fears if that does happen like i would be do you know what i mean like i'm sitting there thinking if i let that little voice out (laughs) and i'm going to be a ball of tears um because it can be pretty traumatic how how does one handle that?
2: Mm, thank you for for asking that because that's a super important question and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's one that you know we might not even be expecting. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't expect for something to 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 be um, triggering, and sometimes we know it. We can feel it from a mile away. Um, for a mantra or um, a practice using the voice in particular. If one knows that it could be triggering, I recommend doing it alone. Um, So, just having it be your at home personal practice, I would recommend having a sacred space that you have set up that includes pictures that make you, that bring you comfort, little trinkets, maybe a candle or something that holds you energetically in the space. And then setting an intention to release all expectations of outcomes, setting an intention to allow the tears to flow. I cry so often during mantra and I have no idea why. And that's the other piece is to release an attachment to understanding what's happening in the body because the mind wants to intellectualize everything. That's what it does. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what was that? Where was that from? And then I'm just saying, don't even worry about it. Just let it, because when the mind get starts doing its thing, it starts to suppress what's naturally coming up through the vibration. It's naturally bubbling up for release. It's positive to release whatever that, and that could be screaming. Mm. I've done, I've gone out in the boonies and just done some serious primal screaming. Mm. Release in any form. And sometimes it can be, hard to let ourselves let go like that mm. um so that's why i recommend practicing alone because then you've got yourself you don't have to worry about judgment or you know like what are what other people thinking um and you can just start to cultivate and flex that muscle yourself and i'm happy to provide some playlists that i work with um, for mantra if anybody would be interested um In terms of doing it in a group setting, people who come to those types of offerings are just like everyone else who's in the room. Mm -hmm. We're looking for release. We're looking to hold each other and also to be held. And that is a beautiful sacred space. Now we we all get to kind of gauge how comfortable we are and, and we have to listen to our body. If we're not ready, we're not ready and that's okay. If we're curious and willing to lean into an edge, that's okay too. Um, so I think that your body, every single body, holds the ultimate wisdom, and one will know when they're ready for a group experience. And in the meantime, just flexing through self practice could could be helpful. Hmm. Well,
0: that's really important because I uh, myself I've kind of come through being comfortable with those types of settings, but I know uh, when it was introduced to me many years ago, especially early in recovery, it terrified me to be around. It terrified me just go to support me, and like, goodness, what if I just lose my, my shit, right? Um, and I did, and it was very terrifying because you're right, we do live in our heads when we come, uh, but once the release happens, there is some freedom from it. And, you know, and I think many people out there who are wanting to be curious and, fearful to ask those types of questions. That's kind of why I'm asking because I just felt like somebody's listening, wanting to ask you that. (laughs) Too scary to probably ask, right? I remember one time that, uh, you know, you kind of hear that voice. uh, In the very first time I ever really released Was uh, getting into a car and driving all the way up up to my father's cabin and i barely made it through the front door and did one of those beyond ugly cries and cried and cried and cried for actually it was a couple of hours several hours and it was just a release the first time in my life it was um i thought i was going to die from that you know like you feel that if we let go of that inner voice or that inner voice yeah the inner voice you feel like you're going to die from it and You know, to see people like yourself that are coming out and creating spaces of safety and doing it in a healthy way, (laughs) because I don't recommend running up to the cabin alone, to that degree, um, in a state of mind that I was in, I wish I had somebody like you that I could have, oh, you mean I could have grabbed something comfortable and just those little tips that you gave and creating a space of safety and um security which Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about I think it's really important yeah so how how do do you have like uh when people come to your classes is there like a uh, a synopsis as far as what they can expect and how to prepare to come you know
2: yeah so I I haven't done a lot of in-person classes uh, um, obviously of late um, what I've done in in person is done a, done sacred circle so that can include um, a variety of, of activities or experiences um, they're relatively short um, and essentially one comes you know open heart open mind and um, the, the thing about it is that everyone is a sovereign being. No one has to do anything that they don't want to do or don't feel called to do. And I think that there's a lot of empowerment in just knowing that, that there's no judgment if something doesn't feel right for you, if you don't wanna do that, you can just like lie down. Mm-hmm. And, and then if you want to, you know, practice eye gazing or if you want to practice mantra, you can do that too. And I think that gives people permission to lean in more. And then if they don't want to, then they don't have to. So I think that the biggest prep for in-person or online sessions is to come with an open heart and an open mind and just be willing to listen to your body. Like I, I am not a healer. I hold space for people to find their own tools and to heal themselves because I, that's just, I'm not, I'm just, I couldn't call myself a healer. Um, so it's really up to everyone individually, how much they want to lean in, how much, um, what they're bringing to this space. if they've had a really rough day their experience would be different than if they came and they had just like a blissed out day and then they came to the space. So it's always just so different and we really get to honor every moment. Like what are we, co- what's present in this moment? Because five minutes later, it could be different. So just honoring whatever is right now and, and letting the heart lead, trying to drop out of the mind into the heart and just letting the heart lead whatever it feels is right.
1: Hmm. I really love that. I actually just did the five-day rest and digest with you, and it was so awesome. I, I really relate to what you were saying about, like, having to dissect what's going on and, like, oh, I'm not feeling white. Why am I not feeling white? And I, I will intellectualize it to, like, there's no end. Like, I tried to – I'm going through grief, and I tried to, like, chart my grief and figure out when it's going to happen so that I can, like, you know – Uh, make my day around it. So if I feel like I'm going to be sad every morning, okay, at least I know it's in the morning so that I can still manage things. And it's just not like that. I need to stop being in my head about it and just let it be. And um, that was something I really found valuable in the rest and digest was just kind of like sitting with feelings and like noticing what comes up without having to have um, a reaction to it or a judgment about it or um, intellectualize it. And the breath Mm -hmm. thing you talked about as well, that's something that actually triggers me because I've dealt with anxiety and panic attacks for so long that a lot of the tools I've got given in in counseling and that were all breathing techniques and stuff. But then when I start activating the breathing techniques, now my body's like, oh, she must be having a panic attack (laughs) (laughs) because she's trying to calm down. So it's like, yeah, those tools worked for me at this point, but now I've got to try something different. And yeah, it's an evolution. But um what really came up for me, too, with the Rest and Digest was that I'm afraid not only just to feel those dark feelings and sit in that, that pit, but just to rest, just to lie down and rest and not be busy because that in my brain tells me I'm in depression and that I'm, I'm depressed. So it, like, worries me when I'm not active and doing and, and inspired and, like, achieving. Um, something in me is telling me, oh, I'm depressed now. And that was a cool realization without having to like fix that about myself, like just noticing it, that's allowed me to have some more grace for myself. And it's allowed that to change without me actually doing anything. (laughs) Well, you did do something.
2: You did. You invested your time and effort and you and something landed for you. And then you let that integrate and it seeded something. And now you've got an understanding. So you definitely did do something. (laughs)
0: I've been hearing that this week, that, you know, uh, there's actually a scripture, be still and know that I am God. And I know when I talk to my supports, it's always like, oh, Suzanne, you've got to, you know, you've got to sit in the quiet and listen. And it's so difficult to actually, uh, because actually that's when my addiction comes in and, and and the negativity that just wants my brain not to shut down. It doesn't want it to spend time in peace and harmony and to be connected with self, because when I get connected with self and I get that connection, then you know, then I'm not thinking about those the addiction and those crazy things I want to do. Right? I've got to sit and listen and be still, and uh, you know, that's probably why it's so difficult <laughs> and so resistance. So much resistance comes when we, you know, step forward we're scared we're fearful because you know really good things do come from taking that time and you know maybe it that's a sign to say hey just because we're fearful doesn't mean it's bad doesn't mean it's wrong doesn't mean you know like being uncomfortable i always like to take a look instead of being fearful maybe it's uncomfortable
2: and sometimes being uncomfortable is really important
0: for growth Mm
2: i i am a huge i'll I'll say it forever that the seeds of growth only lie in the soils of discomfort wow because we can't there's no like if if one of the exercises we do in seek sanctuary is we look at five points in our life that were really challenging and what did we learn from them Mm -hmm. and five points in our life that were really joyful and what did we learn from them and it's it's tough to learn things from joy because it's I mean it's it's blissful and it's beautiful and it's it's totally valuable. And there aren't many seeds of learning in that space. It's um it's in the discomfort that we learn about ourselves. Um so I'm a huge fan of discomfort, mm. which is super triggering.
1: <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> I really love that saying can you say it again the seeds of the seeds of um growth lie in the
2: soils of discomfort ah that's Mm. so good that is really good Mm. and so we get to nourish the soil right like if we think about it like a plant like we are just this blossoming blooming budding being then like where we put what, what we invest in will manifest so if we invest in things that keep us safe and small things that aren't maybe good for the seedlings growth um, things that might be based in fear right Um, because fear will keep us safe and small fear kept me in addiction for a very long time so it kept me safe and small and yes i was surviving but i certainly was not thriving and so and then who knows where that would have gone if I would have chosen to continue. So when I nourish myself, nourish the discomfort, I learn those tools that help me to grow. Um, It's it's incredible what can happen. We just get to find those things that are our nourishment because everybody is different. And so just because this works for somebody, it doesn't mean it will work for you. We get to dismantle this comparison piece that says just because that person did that and now they look like that, that means like I have to do it that way. It's it, it doesn't work like that. We're all unique and we get to find our own path that is like absolutely optimal for us. Mm-hmm. And. And it's, and it is a journey and it's a journey of growth because we try on all these things. Like I'm trying on the outfit of breath work and it's uncomfortable, right? So maybe I take it off and I try something else on. We can try things on, you know, I, I love that analogy. We can try it on and take it off whenever we want.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, love I think it. it's really great.
1: You go, (laughs) (laughs) bro. I was just wondering, um, speaking of trying things on and off, what does spirituality look like for you? Like, what was that um, evolution like for you in finding your spiritual journey? And if you're maybe you're not even there yet and there's still more growth, I mean, there always is, I think, but what does that look like for you?
0: There's always growth, just FYI, ladies. (laughs) Always.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's never ends. Yeah, there's, I definitely feel that there's definitely room for, for expansion in that. Um, I would suggest that my spiritual journey started on the second, my second, um, crossroads that I described where I was approaching relapse after a few years, because I hadn't yet surrendered. I hadn't yet said, I can't run the show and and have it be effective Mm -hmm. so one day i was um driving home from one of our community gatherings and um yeah just i got home and it was so uneventful it was just like but there was an exhale a release of like i cannot do this and i cried and that was my moment of surrender it was after this incredible, um, yeah, it was just, anyways, it was just meant to be. So it was a moment of surrender. And ever since that moment, I've just been getting to know what what is my higher power? What, what does that look like? What does that feel like? For me, it really is a feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't have... Um, a vision or a picture um it it's a it's a feeling in my body uh it's a feeling of alignment and every time I lean into those discomforts and I and I sit in the sit in the can we swear I don't know oh, if yeah you can oh yeah oh, okay <laughs> when I sit in the shit and I and I sit there and I just hole up and I'm like this is really terrible and then I come out the other side of it I feel like I've I've expanded a little bit, like a little bit, little bit, little bit. It's like um, just getting to know myself, um, because I believe that we are all just pieces of this great power, and so it's a journey. My, I guess my spiritual journey is a journey of coming home to myself Mm. and really peeling the layers, because. In my personal very humble opinion we are all entirely whole and complete exactly as we are we are capable we are worthy we are everything that we need and life has layered on these traumatic experiences conditioning all of these pieces that block our vision between you know what we are and then like what we are deep down so there's like this these there's these layers of crap that we get to peel back one at a time slowly but surely we just keep going and we come closer and closer and closer to understanding our truest deepest nature And so I guess that's my journey of spirituality is, is peeling back those layers Mm -hmm. and coming to know what actually I really am Mm -hmm. and in turn what everyone else is and how, how, what we're doing is what, like, what's going on on this planet? Like, what are we even doing here? And it's just like a journey of discovery. And, and so, yeah, it's starting really at, you know, at the inside for me and, Mm -hmm. and just going inwards that way. I think we were just talking about this, Brooke and I
0: earlier about you know just spiritual connection and what that is. It is a unique journey for each person. And where I was when I first came in, I mean, just the just thinking about something that was supposed to be better than me or bigger than me. I had such a difficult time connecting because I was so hurt. And the trust, I had zero trust in anybody and anything. Uh, when I sobered up I was really broken spiritually and I remember it just started so simply with someone um, a lady that was from New Zealand I remember listening to her at a support meeting and her voice and her message was so beautiful and I went up to her i had enough courage to go up to her and ask her because she talked about the spiritual connection and I couldn't get I wanted what she had and she said hold on a second and she left and she didn't know where she went. She came back and she gave me this booklet of papers. There must have been maybe as as stapled. Back in those days, we didn't. I mean, <laughs> it was literally a booklet of probably about twenty pages. And she said, "Start with this." And I said, "Looked at these papers. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a higher power? What?" And at that time, she's like. Because I was using a, a weeping willow tree to talk to and it was pissing me off. So I needed to grow and change it. So she gave me these papers and she said, anytime you're feeling anything, just close your eyes and just trust that the right answer will come and just kind of finger point and open up the page and read what's here. And so I used that and it was a variety of all these different spiritual teachings of everything from something out of the Bible to Buddha to you know, Melody Beattie to John Bradshaw, I mean, there's all these amazing um, verses of support and a voice that came through, and it was really helpful, that kind of really was my connection, and that started giving me some hope of some answers, and then as I grew, that relationship changed and grew, Mm -hmm. as I did, and that's one thing, even today, how many years sober I am today, you know, I continue to have that door open I have to keep that door open I always I fear almost if I close my door and go okay that's my higher power that's it that's it Mm -hmm. I know what it is and looks like and feels but I feel that if I do that then that's going to stunt me from my growth and my spiritual growth inside like I need that open I need to know that it's even bigger and more glorious and I don't know it just it's helped since I've done that and it's taken I only decided kind of that concept Um, probably in the last, you know, six years of my sobriety, because I, I came to a a, a relationship with a spirit that I defined as, as Jesus, as the father and the religion. And then I still do have that for sure. But there's so many other things that I can see how the father and the universe works that I got to keep that box open. But it's such a journey, like you say, that's every and people that i have followed and listened to and learned from that has been placed in my path have such glorious stories of connection of good of love of spirit of inner voice that i can't help but be mesmerized on seeing how those intricate walks of individuals like yourself and everybody i've met on my recovery journey is so fucking sensational i just it's beautiful so you know, so many like your story is coming into recovery and kind of thawing out. And then kind of like, you know, usually around the 18 month to year, it's just like, you know, you kind of go crazy. And then it's like, okay, and that's around the same time is why I'm sharing the stories. Because when you were saying how you're in that moment of almost brokenness, like that relapse mode, I was there too. And then something happened that I'm grateful that I was able to redefine at that time, some other tool, some other thing to connect to spirit that keeps us alive. And yeah, I don't know, I'm going on a tangent. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> Brooke's laughing. I can see her on the little screen here just giggling. Um, but thank you for for sharing that because I think so many uh, come and they battle and they struggle and go, what's going on? Like, hi, I'm sober now, I'm doing all the right things and I feel still feel broken. Like, what the frick is going on here? And it's nice that you're saying, like, I was there, too. And I'm here to say I was there, too. And it's usually got to do with maybe a change in spirit that needs to be taken a look at. A growth is happening. It's not necessarily relapse, as we like to call it. It's just spirits going, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I need to grow. I need to change. I need to,
2: you know, be more explored. Yeah. Yeah 100% deep it's a it's a knock on the door to deepen the connection totally mm-hmm. we just get to answer the door <laughs> that's the choice is that we get to answer the door we, we still have our will and that's what's so beautiful about being human is that we have our will um, and we get to empower ourselves with the choice to answer that call. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that is what recovery has given me more than anything else is that choice like I don't I have a choice today whether I use or not. I didn't have that in addiction. And that's pretty much the only choice I need to make and the least amount of work I do in my own life, the better right now, (laughs) the more I can let things just happen and go with the flow and stop trying to control it, the better things seem to turn out for me lately. Um, Well, probably always, but I've been letting it happen more lately. So tell us about how you're finding purpose in your recovery. I know, like, when we first um, got together, you donated some gorgeous soaps and candles for the Mothers in Recovery that we helped uh, for Christmas last year, and I was a little bit jealous, I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> they're so, like, lovely, and luckily for my birthday, though, you dropped off some creams that I got to try out, and, and I I don't know, is that where your, your journey started with um, medicine and healing, or...
2: Yeah, I think that so my learning to make soaps and candles and those lotions, um, that was part of my busyness. That was part of my um, still grasping. And also, that was definitely um, my higher power saying, hey, over here, because I, you know, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I tried it and there was a spark and it's like those sparks. I learn. I'm learning more and more because that's intuition. That's my inner voice. That's my higher power. It's, and, and it's, and it gets really subtle at times. And, um, but that one was pretty big. I was like, Oh, I really like this. And so I started uh, making soaps and and one cannot make a lot of soap and not share it because you end up being a soap hoarder and um that's just a lot of soap to have around. So (laughs) I thought, well, hey, what the heck, I'll I'll make a little business, I'll sell it at farmer's markets. Um, And I did, um, I worked, I did my kind of side gig part-time and I went to farmer's markets uh, and worked full-time. And that was definitely, and it was those products that I was using that I cultivated this connection um and so it was all just very divine and then um and then when i hit that point of that kind of second choice um i really dove into um kind of more immersive healing situations with those tools um i did an eight-week program i did an immersion um out of the country and i came back and i just like integrated and i was just like holy crap like what has just happened to me like things my foundation was shook like i was just oh my gosh my mind was just opened to things i had never experienced before and um and that's when i knew my business got to grow with me um that's when i knew that i get to um have my purpose shift and change and this is something I'm really sitting with right now. Is um, the par like the that internal pull between one's truth and consistency? Because my truth ha- grows and evolves as I do, and consistency culture. Um, you know, is asking me to show up every day to do it this way. I've said I'm a product-based business. That's what I have to be. You don't know what you're gonna do, so you shouldn't do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, So there's definitely been an ongoing surrender to my truth um, over consistency, which has been, again, just a really uncomfortable flower bed in which to grow. And um, so my product-based business like in a matter of months i realized that that wasn't what i wanted to do um it wasn't it just wasn't the main piece it's a supporting piece it's not the main piece And so then i started um, working with these tools sitting with these tools and then i started realizing i wanted to share them um so that's where it has evolved and taken me and i just continue to listen for this inner spark like Oh, this training is appealing. Oh, there's something pulling me there. Oh, this, oh, that. And then sitting with these pieces, integrating these pieces. And and then I get to use the soaps and candles as the energetic support that they are. Right. So when I run a program, everyone gets a soap and a candle so that they can practice ritual cleansing. It's been a huge piece on my journey so that they can you know, have sacred space with a candle. Like these are medicines that I've made specifically for these purposes. Now that it wasn't the same as when I poured them in the past for the markets, like the, the energetics behind them have changed a lot. Um, it's like when I work with the essential oils, like I share essential oils, another tool, these added layers of energy onto our practice. And so in terms of like my, my, purpose and recovery it's just like ever evolving and changing and just letting that be okay not knowing what it really looks like or what it gets to be it's really uncomfortable being in such a space of lack of clarity Mm -hmm. um according look at
0: look at how how, look at how it's being used you know they say Put you know don't put the cart before the horse. Well, shit, you'd put the cart before the horse, and look at how beautiful it's turned out. Like that's where you thought your direction was with the candles and the oils, and it, it brought you such good um, harmony at the time of your journey. But then you know you got you know moved over here, and so often we get scared about moving on to that next step, right? We don't want to give up what's what we feel. This is maybe I should be doing this, but look at how it's all formed so perfectly and aligned with what you're doing today and I'm sure what continues I mean that's kind of what I love about doing what we're doing is hearing how people's journeys and their recovery and their purpose how you just said it how it evolves and it's changing and it's growing as you are and I'm excited like you're having this really cool event that I was joking some of you who came on late you may not have seen me but I was trying to find the cult (laughs) sanctuary because every time i heard sanctuary i was thinking that song um but you have this really cool uh event starting this monday right at seven o'clock i'm going to allow everybody who's listening now maybe to kind of check it out even though you should be over here listening to us but anyways <laughs> <laughs> um but it's called speak sanctuary and it's really just coming um and connecting correct and, and walking through some and exploring Uh, seeking out that inner voice, that inner healing that we all have inside of us. Is that correct? Is that a good way to explain it? Can you explain a little bit more what people can expect or what they need to bring or what they
2: need to do? Mm, That's a beautiful way of explaining it. Mm. It is a journey of coming home to self and seek sanctuary is born of my heart. Um, It is everything. It is everything that I have used on my journey that has supported me Um, and it's put in, put together in such a way that we spend eight weeks together. We, um, go through, we follow, we use a foundation of yogic philosophy and psychology, which is the foundation of where I'm sitting right now. Um, that has relieved much suffering in my experience so we use this foundation of yogic philosophy and psychology and then we build on top of it these different um, pieces different experiences um, uh, exercises that just help us to see those layers that I describe. those layers that are between where we are and what we are and so just bringing awareness, because awareness is such a huge step, like just being aware of something like, oh, geez, Louise, like, I didn't even know that was there. Now that you know, then you have the power of that choice we were talking about. Because if we're unaware, there's no choice to be made. So it's a journey of awareness and a journey of discovering the tools that work for you. So many medicines are explored in this container, and it's an ability to you know try things on. I am a person of many, many medicines I, because so many things have supported me. I cannot say that one is the end-all be-all, and I never would because we're all different um but seek sanctuary is a journey to our inner sanctuary and we start off looking at the external realm and then we just get to dive right in and it's it's a beautiful journey I've run the program once before and the the results were really amazing somebody from the first round is actually doing it again um, and I feel like that really speaks to how potent it is that you can get more out of it. Like there's more to be had, different pieces will land at different times. And that's perfect. Cause that's just the way it goes. Um, and then you never know what'll come next, like in a, a month or two or three, it's like, Oh geez, that really lands now. It's all in divine time. Um, so how,
0: how long is it? So they show up at seven. Do they need to bring anything? Uh, or just show up, or what, do they need to have
2: anything prepared? Yeah, so I want to speak with everybody who wants to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so pre, like, so the first thing is that we get to chat, and I get to, like, hear about what you're navigating, and what, because this is a very intimate container, and it's very sacred to me. It's not something, it's not something we're just, where we just show up haphazard, like, this is, this is a very sacred space um and so we get to have a conversation about what you're navigating what's present for you because i get to tailor this to who's in there Mm -hmm. and what everybody needs so this is very interactive this is very intimate and personal um it's a small group and so essentially what if anybody's interested um just be in touch with me because we can chat more about like the the nitty gritty of what is Seek Sanctuary? What are we gonna talk about? How will it serve you? Is this a good fit for you? And then from there, once once we're in the space, yeah, we just show up on content days that we get together twice a week. Um, One day is for content where we deliver the concepts, like interactive discussion questions. What I love about group spaces is that everybody brings something different to the table. Mm -hmm. I do not know everything. Absolutely not. Everyone comes with their own life experience and their own take on these concepts, which can have a hit and and an inspiration for someone else. Mm. So we learn from each other and it's just so beautiful so we have content where we and group discussion and then on the other day of the week we have practice so we have an embodied practice of whatever it is the concept that we're we're working with that week um for example it with the yogic philosophy Many of us will understand yoga to be a practice of movement. It's far greater than that. Um, One week of the program is devoted to looking at the postural practice and how that helps us to come home to ourselves. And so that week, our practice would be a postural practice. Um, so that's kind of what one can expect about the layout. It's we, we, we feed our mind. We appease our mind with content and logic. And then we also feel and embody the practices, which can different people respond to different pieces and at different levels. So it's really important to me to have both in the offering. And I think that it creates a deeper experience. Mm. Mm, that's
0: so awesome. That's awesome. So, sorry, I'm cutting you off again. No worries. <laughs> I have my screen different. I have you down here. Usually I have you up there and I can see you more. I like it when you're right here, though. How about I'll... everybody else? I want Brooke right here.
1: <laughs> I'll be coming I back. I miss
0: you being beside me. Um,
1: I was just going to say, like, I've done a couple of things with you now, Taryn, and, and you provide so much value for the spaces that you offer. Even your free like things that I've done with you, like there's so much value in there. And there's like kind of I just I'm s- super busy, which is probably a problem. But I've been trying to rest more and everything. But doing your programs, I've been able to really take what I can take out of them. I feel like I could do them like five times and then each time get something new out of them because you do provide so much in that. So I definitely suggest anyone that is listening that has been moved in any way by with Tara said if you've got that little tug in your heart that's like oh this speaks to me like get in touch with her um beyond what she's offering with her businesses and everything she's just a wonderful human being to get to chat with and I've been so lucky to call you a friend and you've really mm-hmm. helped me through my my grief journey and have have been really really important to me so I'm so happy you're here can you just tell us before we let you go we're running out of time now um, about the sacred circle collective and what is that all about
2: yeah so um the sacred circle collective is uh, essentially a space um, for practice so practicing various concepts um all that we discuss in seek sanctuary but it's on a much more um, surface level because it's just once a week and it's purely practice. It's not content or going into the exercises. Um, So it's really beautiful. Actually. I include a subscription in that group as part of seek sanctuary because it helps with integration. But if one is just looking to come to a space once a week and complete some kind of investment in themselves, that is uh, like, a really beautiful piece of the Sacred Circle Collective. Mm -hmm. We um, meet at the quarter moon. So at the new moon, we do intention setting practice. First quarter, we're talking, we do do a little bit of talk about concepts and about how we can engage in building momentum and action towards any goals we might have set at the new moon. the full moon, we can do, we do a practice of full expression, whatever that looks like. I follow the, the guidance of of the cosmos so if it's virgo or if it's libra or whatever it is kind of working with the themes of the sky and then on the last quarter moon when we're then winding back down reflection rest sharing and so it's this balanced way of being and this is such a healing way to be is to be rhythmic is to be cyclical um, instead of our go 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 all the time, um, or I guess like all the time, being giving ourselves, gifting ourselves the the balance, because that is the way we're meant to be naturally. We're not meant to be like a machine. We are cyclical beings, and so following the moon is a really beautiful way of tapping into that cyclical nature. And so it's a space where we meet once a week. And it's just a subscription and we come together for practice. It's just a really nice place to check in and to have community and, um, and to invest in yourself an hour and a half a week, an hour and a half a week for you, right? Investing your time and energy and money in yourself for you. It is medicine and it and it can work wonders.
0: And it's only 168 hours in a week, I believe someone told me. Mm-hmm. I don't have my calculator, but I'm pretty sure it's around that number. So if you got 168, hour and a half, that still leaves you, what, 66 and a half, 67? Yeah, you're, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> we want to thank you so much for coming. And I hope uh, for anybody out there that's just exploring, uh never stop exploring in recovery and never stop just putting your foot in front of the other and trying different things uh to explore you know your inner being and uh i think it just came at a perfect time christmas is coming so many uh the mood's changing i know a lot of people have a difficult time when when the seasons change uh getting you know staying connected so this is maybe a a good time to reach out to from the hearth please check out her uh fabulous feed on instagram holy smokes free content everywhere like brooke said and uh we just yeah we thank you very much we really do
1: where can all and- our listeners come and find you and connect with you mm. um yeah facebook instagram
2: um i have a website from dash the um reach out to me on any of those is so perfect. Um, I am around and yeah, just, um, if there's one more thing I could just say is one day at a time. Mm -hmm. That has been by far the biggest piece in my journey. Mm -hmm. One day at a time. It doesn't have to be anything more than that and it can be less. Mm -hmm. So just. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We are thrilled to have you as a part of this community and we are really trying to grow and reach more people. So there's a lot of ways you can get involved. Um, One is going to our website. There's some really great resources there. Yes. And the most exciting part is checking out those GIFs. Or what do you call them? GIFs. I call them GIFs. You call them GIFs, whatever. Tomato, tomato.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when you're actually enjoying your sober life, and you're going and you're posting on your Instagram, please just go to Seek Purpose and check them all out and tag us. I wanna see what you guys are doing out there in sober life.
1: Yeah, we also have filters actually we've been putting out as well. There's so much you can do um, through social media with Seek Purpose, like, like comment, share, all of our posts really get involved with this community there's so much help out there for you and so much connection here we've been finding
0: yeah and you know the one thing that we have learned in recovery is asking for help so we're gonna ask for help and just become a patron mm-hmm. and come help be a part of this community and help it grow and uh, we'd love to have you
1: if you want to become a patron we have a link on our website that you can click and there's some really cool perks of becoming a patron with seek purpose so we hope you check that out and obviously if you review this podcast and whatever podcasting app you're listening to, it's going to help us reach more ears and get that message out of recovery.
0: Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. We have so much more in store. And uh, as our, our little community grows, our collective, there's exciting things that are happening that are coming out uh, that we can't wait for you to be involved with. So stay tuned and uh, stay connected.